This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 48, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. What, oh, that, I just wanted to be different. Well, you're—I mean, you do that. Just—I mean, just your hair alone will do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What, what's going on? Why are you down in the dumps? Oh, I'm not. Well, my my couch. I think we need a new couch. I'm kind of sinking into it. Oh, you're—it's eating you. You've macroed yeah. yourself into the sofa. For real, dude. Like it's—we have people over, and they're like. Half of them are on the floor because they're actually sitting on the couch, and the other half of the couch is up, and they're like sitting up in the air. It's it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a terrible thing. Yeah, I don't know if we just need new cushions or a new couch. I say new couch. Can you but... get them? De- can you get them repoofed? Uh, I don't know. I thought about maybe just sticking some towels under them. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably cheaper if you do that. Uh, but I don't think that. I think that would just look janky. I think they actually have. Don't they have things that you can stick under them to make them poofier or something? I think I saw an infomercial. I bet Jackie would know. Oh yeah, she knows all the infomercials. I would ask. Oh, it's an infomercial thing. Yeah. Oh. I don't know because the cushion itself is so. Blah, it's dead. Right. So, maybe you just need to buy new cushions. Maybe I need thinner friends. I'm not going to... I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just say new couch. Okay. I mean, thinner friends might be... If you get them, it'd be cheaper. Yeah. Um, your lifestyle might be better anyway. Yeah. Too many fatties coming over and sitting on my couch. I... <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. No, I, I'm just trying to, I'm just pulling from I don't know where. <laughs> okay, all right. No, so we are recording. Couch, I just like to lay on the couch a lot, so I think it's been squished. Oh, oh. So you, you're the fatty. I'm the fatty. Oh, it's terrible. So a lot has happened since we last recorded. I know, Jackie's expecting. I can't believe it. No, no. Why do you always go there? I had a vasectomy, man. Immaculate conception. <laughs> obviously, obviously not. If Jackie's expecting, then she and I need to have a talk. It's a clone. No. You you read too many comic books. <laughs> Clearly. It's a clone from the from an alternate timeline. <laughs> from the future of an alternate timeline. It's a summer's. It is one of the summers, yes. Or yeah, you've had a lot, but you definitely have had a lot going on. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we moved, and then we went on vacation, and then we're still actually moving. Why don't you fill us in? Well, well, I, I think Shane asked me, he sent me a Facebook message, and he was like, dude, I want to hear some Farmer Andy stories. Oh, that's Shane. Oh, so here's here's a couple of them, okay? Oh. Just, I'm not going to bore you. Tell me when you get bored, we'll move on. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I'm serious. Don't make me harp on this. <laughs> so we move in, you know, we move in like on the 6th of July and that's when we get everybody to help us move. Um, the house smells rank, man, because the upstairs, they let their dogs in the house and I mean, they must've not washed their dogs. No, no offense to anybody who else keeps pets in the house. I mean, if you keep them clean, whatever, right? Yeah. So, um, 
she starts taking all her animals and she moves everything. She, Miss Tessie, the person who lived there before, she oh. takes all her animals away, all her exotic birds, and she um she she moves up the road like ten minutes. And then all of a sudden we start noticing millions of fleas oh. everywhere. Oh, it's terrible. And I'm like a I'm like a clean freak. Like it doesn't have to be straight, but it has to be clean, you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? So like oh, just that feeling and and the uh, my legs were all bit up and we had to leave. We had to leave cuz we were going on vacation. So like we couldn't take uh-huh. care of it. So I I was reading and I was like, well, I don't really want to bomb the house because that's kind of toxic. And in retrospect, all those people, all you people out there who are listening, you're probably like, what? Just bomb the house and be done with it. You're going to be gone anyway. Right. I know that. (laughs) Okay. I know that now. (laughs) Uh, So I was reading up online. I was really discouraged. Jackie was, you know, she was doing okay. We kind of like when she was down, I was up. And when I was down, she was up. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, she I had read that if you put diatomaceous earth down in like around what's uh, that? Okay, diatomaceous earth is a fine fine powder like finer than flour, okay? And it's my understanding is it's ground up fossilized crustaceans. Okay. Or or algae, I'm not sure which or both. I'm not sure. All right. So, like, the idea is that it's it's ground up so fine, but the actual particle is still so sharp that it'll get on the flea, and as soon as they start moving around, it'll cut them open and then dehydrate them by bleeding them out. Oh, God. So, like, their, <laughs> their life expectancy when, they're, when they have this stuff on them is, like, one minute. So, I'm like, I'll just lay this stuff down when we get back. And this is a thirty thousand. This is a three thousand square foot home. Okay. So how many big? What? How big? It's three thousand. Whoa. Well, it, yeah. I mean, awesome. there's a good thousand of it that we're not using right now. Oh. Because it it's like an enclosed in garage, but it's not clean enough or. She used it as like for her refrigerators and incubators for her birds. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I mean it stinks, it smells like birds. And there was just a bunch of cages in there and stuff like that. So it and it it's it doesn't have central air. It has um which the whole rest of the house does, which might be strange to you northerners, I don't know, but every house down where we are has central air, obviously. We have central air too. Oh, okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right, so well, we're not too different. <laughs> so, so anyway, I I lay this stuff down. I buy a twenty pound bag, and I lay down so much that there's probably only like three or five pounds left in the bag. Okay, so there's this carpet on on the hardwood floors and everything, and I'm like, Jackie, are you sure you want me to do this? Because when we come back, we're gonna be tired from vacationing. And we're going to have to clean this entire house. And it's not going to come up on the first, you know, clean. She's like, yeah, do it. I don't want any fleas when I come back. I'm like, all right. So she leaves the house and uh, I do the last two rooms, okay? And she was like, do a little bit less than what you've been doing because you're going crazy, right? But I'm thinking like, 
well, the fleas aren't going to jump on my piles of diatomaceous earth. I got to sprinkle it all over. And so, like, I'm sprinkling it, and then I'm, like, wiping my foot across it to get it up in the air so it lands everywhere. Kind of a homogenous mixture. Mm, very homogenous. Mm-hmm. Yes, extremely homogenous. So <laughs> then my parents, who are extremely nice to us, they they have a key to the house and they went in to show my sister and brother-in-law the house while we were gone, which was part of the plan. And they were like, Holy cow, this is a wreck. We want to help and clean up before you guys get back. And I called her and I was like, you don't have to do that. You know, I know it's going to be a huge deal. It's going to be a giant deal. So don't, you know, don't, if you start to get frustrated, just stop. Cause it's going to take forever. It's going to take, you know, five hours to, to vacuum the entire house. And so they do it except for two rooms and we get back and we still have to vacuum a couple times to get the rest of it up. But they're like, Holy cow, that was a lot. And we had to clean the filters like seven times. Whoa. I'm like, yeah. And they bought a shot vac specifically for this job and everything. So it was a mess. And then after all that, there's still fleas, man. Oh, no. So, anyway, um, I haven't seen a flea in a couple days. I think we got it. But next time, I'm just going to bomb the whole thing. And, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that's story number one. Okay, story number two. I'll be faster on these well, other no, Real quick, did the lady not know she had fleas? Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Fleas are always on your animals. If you take away your animals you know, then the fleas have nowhere to go. So they start looking for new hosts. So maybe they, maybe she just lived with it. Maybe the fleas jumped off the animals and with everybody in and out, bringing stuff in and out, they just all tracked in from the grass and everything. I hope she's not listening to this podcast. I don't think she's a comic book fan, actually. (laughs) She is from California though. So who knows, you know? Okay. They seem to be more free thinking out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so, so, all right, we start taking down her curtains because we're like, these are terrible curtains. They're, <laughs> they're awful. And so the, some of the biggest spiders I have ever seen, man, the scariest looking, hugest oh. spiders in the world, well, from where we're from, that I have ever seen – aren't visiting these curtains. They are making their dwelling within these curtains. So we're taking them down and like they're high. So you have to be up on a chair and everything. And then as soon as you take it down and there's this, you know, like keyboard size spider right there. Oh gosh. You're like, Oh my God. And you start dropping everything and falling off chairs. And then I, I can't do spiders, man. I can do, I can do snakes, rats, uh, worms, you know, whatever else i can do i don't get grossed out i i can't take spiders oh how do you kill it like with a shovel oh my goodness i i had to i had to use um i think a a a curtain rod a giant curtain rod one of those really thick ones like a two inch diameter it's like as big as a keyboard for real no dude not for real it was as big as okay like my mini speakers for my iPhone, it was as big as one of those. Like, it's a, it's leg span. Mm, I don't know what that looks like. Okay, it's probably like a... Like a three and a half by three and a half square. Okay. Like a coaster? Yeah. Gotcha. 
and not just one man families of these things oh, oh andy so you like she moved. said if, you, if you're gonna take down the curtains just leave them out let me know i'd want them back but if you want them then keep them and so we're like oh man she wants these back we ended up burning half of them we were like no, <laughs> no way are we touching these things so, oh i know right she didn't have pest control she just lived with like and it's out in the country, so there's giant cockroaches. I'm talking about the big ones that are like three inches long and dark, dark maroon brown. Like, I don't care about cockroaches. Jackie does. I care about spiders. And these cockroaches can fly. So you hear at night, they're like... You're kidding. No! <laughs> this sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> Why? Did, oh, you should just move to, like, Ohio or something. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. All right, so, all right, one more story, okay? Oh. Had so many Yeah. had so many chickens left, and she would come back and get some of them. Anyway, I'm going in the barn, kind of looking around, kind of trying to count how many chickens there are. There's chickens and guinea hens, okay? Okay. So so all this, the, the barn has two wings. One wing is open. I go in there. The chickens are nice. I start counting and come out. I go to the other wing. There's something, there's a piece of paper nailed to the door, okay? (laughs) So I'm like, what is this? I read the piece of paper, do not enter, mad rooster, (laughs) okay? So I'm thinking thinking to myself, you know, whatever. It's a bird, right? So I, I foolishly go in there. And I start walking around, and I'm like, I don't really see any birds in here. I'm like, there's one chicken there and one chicken there. And all of a sudden, I hear it above me on the rafters. Okay? And mm-hmm. this thing is like, bruh, 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 <laughs> screaming at me. And it jumps down from the rafter, and it starts r- chasing after me and running <laughs> after me. Okay? So finally, like, my heart was pounding. I was like, this is dumb. This is an animal. I will kill this thing. Right. Yeah. And so I turn around and then it like puffs up all its feathers at me and like stares me down. And I'm like, it's stupid. I have my hands and fists and I'm ready to go at it like like it's a full grown chicken. Right. Yeah. So it starts running at me and I kicked as hard as I could. And I kicked a little too early, and I hit it, clocked it, uppercut right in the beak, right? <laughs> so it's like, and then Uh-oh. it like looks over and it's dazed, and it starts walking away. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, chicken. Don't mess with me. Right? <laughs> okay, round one, me. Oh, no. All right? Jackie and I are settling down. We're watching a couple episodes of Psych, right? Outside, it's dark. We can't hear anything. All of a sudden... We hear a ruckus, and then something hits our window door. And I was like, what is that? Is that the dog? You know, like, did he, like, get excited and run to it? No, it's the chicken. The chicken (laughs) rammed the door to get through to get to us. And I was like, what in the world? And then, like, he's staking out his territory on the porch, and he's making a big racket. So, like, I open up the window in the other room, and I'm calling for the dog, and I'm like, well, this dog is going to take care of this chicken. I want to see the fight, right? Yeah. And he, the dog's too scared. Like, he's lost in the darkness. He, he, There's no sign of him. So I'm like, great. And I open the door, and I stepped out because there's a s- separate door. to. The, there's two doors to the to patio. One from the bedroom, one from the living room. 
he was near the living room door, so I stepped out of the bedroom door. And so I'm like, chicken, get off my porch. If you don't get off my porch, I'll kill you. This is your only <laughs> warning. And he, like, starts, like, coming to – you know how, like, in Jurassic Park when the raptors, like, put out their claws and they're, like, smiling and then they, like, chase you down? Yeah. Okay, that's what this thing did to me. All right? So it starts doing that, and I run inside real quick, and I close the door, and I'm like, oh, I, it's on. I warned you, right? By this time, it's been a little while. Jackie's dead asleep. I go, and I get the only weapon I own at this point, which is a three fifty seven revolver, okay? Mm-hmm. I put in there a thirty eight special round, which it can fire either, if I am correct in this. And um, I put in there four rounds. I was like, well, there's no no reason I'm going to need six rounds, right? And I make it so that exactly when you close it, as you know, a revolver revolves every time you pull the hammer back. So I close it right at the next round. And I'm like, I don't want this to get out of hand. And I, me lose control of the gun in you know if i'm scared of the chicken like because because it's very close to the house i don't want to shoot through the house or anything like that yeah where are the girls oh they're upstairs asleep okay okay so i go out there and by this time it's back to the other door and i said last chance get off the porch (laughs) (laughs) and the thing ruffles up its feathers and it slowly starts walking toward me i'm like that's it and so i pulled the hammer back aimed click nothing and i was like crap i pulled the hammer back again i was like you got one more chance buddy click nothing i was like you mean nothing like i pulled the hammer back pulled the trigger and nothing happened oh like a misfire okay so i do it a third time i'm like man this gun because i thought it was rotating the correct way and so all of a sudden, out of the blue, I do it a third time, getting comfortable with the weapon after two misfires. And <laughs> this rooster flies apart. <laughs> a mess of feathers. And then the remaining skin carcass starts flapping around. Oh, no. And going all over the porch. And, like, the porch is, like smeared with blood all over (laughs) until this thing like finally stops moving poor jackie i mean this gun (laughs) this weapon is so loud and it was in the porch and isolated you know underneath a tin roof and so the whole thing and like (laughs) she's like what's going on (laughs) so finally the thing died and uh then the dog came on the porch after it was dead and then I threw it in the field. So, wow, dude. So how are you gonna get eggs now? <laughs> well, roosters don't lay eggs, man. I know. I thought the roosters had to mate with the chickens to make the eggs. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. You think that every egg hatches into a chicken? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um. What? You can edit that part out. <laughs> no, no. I'm laughing because. We have had this discussion at work amongst a couple of people and at home, and (laughs) I can't – I thought for some reason – and I was like – I was very authoritative when I said this. I was like, oh, absolutely not. That's not how it works. It works like this. I know for a fact, right? And I turned out to be dead wrong. 
I thought that birds had external fertilization. So you know how fish have they lay their eggs and then like the male fish comes by and fertilizes the eggs after they're laid? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was the same way with birds, but it's not. It's still internal fertilization. I did not know that. So I think they get to a certain age. It's kind of like they hit puberty. You know how – oh, man, we're getting back into this. You know how a menstruation cycle is the passing of the, <laughs> of the ova and the uh, the uterine wall? Isn't it? <laughs> what, what, why are we talking about this? Because that's what that was. <laughs> I never thought we were going to be talking about a uterine wall when I signed on for the webcast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's what happens with chickens <laughs> that's where you get your eggs from man uh, it's just every- <laughs> a smaller cycle I would have just been fully content with nope nope don't need a rooster alright never mind okay Okay, well, this is a comic book podcast. <laughs> it's Marvel616Politics. You can email us at Marvel616Politics at gmail.com. You can visit us our, our <laughs> you can visit our website, Marvel616Politics.com. You can follow us on Twitter at 616Politics. Um, you can uh, look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics. And you can give us a call, ask us a question, leave us a message at 616-755-TINA. And, of course, you can always download us on iTunes if you go to bit.ly slash Marvel616Politics. That'll go right to our iTunes page. And you know what? Leave a comment. Leave, leave a remark. After this one, I'm sure you'll have something to say, some sort of... Well, I was just thinking about, you know, how the last podcast I made a video preview for, but not this one. You can just do an egg lay or a chicken laying an egg. No, I gotta have a video of a uterine wall. <laughs> <laughs> how am I gonna find that? <laughs> I, I do not want to know. <laughs> hey, we're sponsored. That is true. Yeah, go for it. We're sponsored by DCB Service. They're an excellent provider of comic books, comic book subscriptions, trade paperbacks, uh, the occasional statue and other comic book paraphernalia and memorabilia. And uh, they usually give up to a 30 to 40% discount on all the brand new comic books just coming out. They have great customer service. Definitely check them out. DCBService.com. Oh, I think you have to wake up your wife, right? Yeah, but then I remember she told me to just let her sleep. <laughs> Wake me up. Never mind. Just let me sleep. I do remember that. <laughs> you know what? I think I didn't um I did not invoice DCB service last episode now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. That's a that's a bummer. So you wanna cut all that part out? <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. A little bit of business there. A little behind the scenes process as you've seen here. Well, all right, what are we doing today? What's going on? I think we have Marvel Now from SDCC or CCI. Yeah, which is it? SDCC or CCI? I just call it Comic-Con. So it's San Diego Comic-Con. It's Comic-Con International. So whatever, from San Diego. Yes, well, this episode is basically just a special report. 
special report. You forgot we had a bumper for that, didn't you? Did you hear me talking? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to make conversation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we... I don't really know where to go after our last talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll look up how uh, chickens make babies. <laughs> so, all right. First off, before we do that, you and I both saw a little movie we like to call The Amazing Spider-Man. And it was amazing. All right, tell me, tell me what you think. I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. <laughs> I mean, with as with every movie, you know, there's always a part where you're like, oh, I didn't care for that, I didn't care for that. But I thought the the way they handled his origin was really well done. It kind of tweaked a couple things, but didn't make it uh, so that it was so far away from Spider-Man that it wasn't, you know, recognizable. Like he didn't get it from being shot by a radioactive gun or he didn't get in a rocket ship and get bombarded by gamma rays or something like that. Or he wasn't born Spider-Man. I thought that was really good. Uh, so thought, as long as they have, as long as they have the general same, you're fine with it. Well, I mean for the movie, I mean, they just kind of updated it a little bit. Yeah. Is all they really did. Uh, I mean, same thing with uncle Ben, you know, and how he was taken out and things like that. They just kind of, because otherwise it, it just because there was there had been such an argument of oh are we gonna just have another Spider-Man origin movie? What's the point? We just had one like ten years ago. Well, and so they updated it and they didn't always you know necessarily focus on this being an origin movie. It was kind of like you know more of you know who is who is Peter Parker uh, as opposed to, you know who is Spider-Man. So your overall impressions were it was it was great. Yeah, I thought it was much better than the Tobey Maguire movies. In what ways? Uh, I thought he was a better Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire took the geek factor a little too far. He was just like a... He was a pansy. And I thought Andrew Garfield... He had huge hair, but other than that... And and, when, and the time that he yelled at Uncle Ben, he was like, You're not my father! I thought that was kind of mean. And maybe a little bit uncharacteristic, but other than that, I thought he was a much, much better Spider-Man. Well, it did track a lot with the uh, Ultimate Universe, uh, their interactions together. Whose interaction? Uh, Uncle Ben and, and Peter. Yeah, see, I haven't ha- read the... Because I got into uh, Ultimate Spider-Man when it first came out, but I haven't read those for well, probably since they first came out. Yeah, what so- did you think? I thought it was good. There were some uh, there were some parts I liked better in the other movie, and some parts I liked better in this movie. I thought that the other one um, had it, it was a lot of um, a nod to the fans on a lot of things, and it brought on it brought in a, a, a ton of like, oh, here's what Betty Brant looks like. Here's what um, oh, I guess it was Gloria Grant, was it? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is what Jameson looks like. This is what Robbie looks like. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that aspect, uh, and I thought that it was better for the original origin of Spider-Man. It like he did look like the 1960s Peter, you know, with the sweater vest and the big glasses and kind of the rounded head and everything. Yeah. So I thought that was good, but I really like this one. I think um, Andrew Garfield had he was doing like a Brooklyn accent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah, he he did fantastic as Peter. I think a, uh, some of the time he was a little over the top with the uh, I don't know I, I'm I, 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 uh, 
you know? <laughs> Just a little bit, though. I, I thought that much of it was uh, was good and needed. Um, he didn't seem like a nerd. He just seemed like a loner, like a regular kid, like the everyman. And I thought that was way better. Um, I kind of miss not seeing J. Jonah Jameson. So I would I would love to see like a melding of the two. There were a couple parts that were like really cheesy, though, where you're just like, oh, OK, all right. Um, where he like puts webbing on her skirt and flips her around. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that part was like, ah. And some of this, I couldn't tell. I guess the the dialogue was way better in this movie, but the plot was better in the other movie, I thought. Like, this one seemed, like, more realistic, but it didn't bring in as much, as many pieces of the mythos. You know, it was way centered on Peter. And um, some, of the, some of the writing, though, the plot devices, I don't know if it was bad writing, or if it was really good writing because a teenager wouldn't have their priorities straight and would do the wrong thing. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that after his uncle died, he wouldn't spend any time with his aunt. Like, you know, hey, you're on your own, lady. I barely yeah. <laughs> know you. You know, and then when Gwen's father died, spoilers, sorry. I guess that, uh, sorry, everybody. Um <laughs> When Gwen's father died, he didn't spend any time with him. He went back to his aunt. So it was like he's he's hanging out with the wrong person at the wrong time. So I don't know if that was shoddy writing or if it was, oh, no, that makes sense because a teenager doesn't know what's going on and they're idiot, you know? Well, I think the other part is is it makes sense that that's what Spider-Man would do because he seems to make the wrong decision a lot of times. You know, that puts him in predicament. That he wasn't expecting, you know? That's that's true, but like, you would think that he would come back and say, I'm sorry, I should have been with you when Uncle Ben died. You know what I mean? At least, if you threw one line in there, instead of just giving her the eggs, which is good. <laughs> yeah. You know, which was, this was good. Uh, instead of doing that, he should have just said, I'm sorry, I know it's been tough and I haven't been around. And then that would make the whole thing make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I really liked um, Martin Sheen. Is that his name? Yeah. 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 Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben, and I really liked how he met his demise in this film. Yeah. I thought it was masterfully done, like because the whole thing was he had the power, so he was going to have the responsibility, and he laid out, he laid his life down for that example to instill in Peter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't it made more sense. Like even though they didn't say with great power comes great responsibility, he showed that through his actions instead of the other one which was kind of like wrong place wrong time. Agreed. Uh, agreed. <laughs> I the only I thought it was kind of weird that Killer Croc was the villain because isn't he DC? <laughs> that was I guess that was probably my only hiccup. Yes. And you know what? I thought about how they did his mouth. I was like, why didn't they do Venom's mouth like that? Like, that's how Venom's mouth is. And if they had the technology, then why didn't they do it? Maybe they didn't. I mean, that was five years ago, six years ago. Possibly. There was a lot of there was a lot of special effects, though, that didn't make sense. Like, everything looked pretty fake, you know? 
Um, I know you can't do the lizard that well, and him swinging looked pretty good, but puffs of smoke, you can't have a smoke machine? You have to animate that? <laughs> I mean, come on. Are we getting... We're, oh, we'll do that in post-production. Well, it's interesting. Jennifer and I watched um, Batman Returns uh, like two weeks ago, and that was before everything was CGI, you know? Right. Yeah. And... You know, surprisingly, I feel like it held up pretty well. There were a couple parts that you're like, yeah, definitely they could have changed. But it just kind of made me say, you know, back when, you know, directors and producers couldn't just go in and change it with a computer. They'd actually have to, you know, figure out how are we going to do this scene, making it looked real and because it actually was added a whole new dimension to the movie. Yeah, I like that. I miss that. So, yeah, I do, too. Because, I, I mean, like what I mean, they've gone back and redone Star Wars and added a bunch of stuff, too. But Star Wars, you know, all that stuff had to be real and they had to do as much as possible because computers weren't there. Right. Totally but. agreed. Totally agreed. So that's why I was like, really, you're going to shoot a bottle of liquid nitrogen and a puff of animated smoke is going to come out. You can't. <laughs> it's like. Are we we're animating everything now? Obviously, the giant blue cloud scene at the end that was good. You need animation for that, and the lizard to do him right, you need animation. <clears throat> so there wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't bad. Um, I did really enjoy the part where he's like, you know, we could, uh, 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 or we don't have to. We could, we could do something else. We could, uh, and she's like, good, yes, either. That sounds good. Well, what I, did you think about Gwen Stacy? Um, I thought Emma Stone did a great job. I think that she would make a better Mary Jane. I think that makes more sense to me because she seems like the kind of, she seems more like a party girl, you know? Well, do you, do you go with Gwen Stacy from Amazing Spider-Man or Mary Jane from Spider-Man? Dude, see, to me, well, you mean in the, just strictly the movies? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think um, Kirsten Dunst or Sam Raimi did a good job with Mary Jane. So like, I don't think she's true to the character. But I thought that she did an okay job playing her. I know a lot of people said she did a terrible job playing that character, mm-hmm. but I thought she did okay for how she was directed. I just don't think they got the character right. Mm-hmm. Um. But I personally like Gwen Stacy better than Mary Jane in general. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can – I can, I always equate it to my own – this is ridiculous. But I always equate it to my own life where I know of a couple redheads that are like uh, party people but still fun. Not like party people like they go out drinking all the time but like they, they love to have a good time and, and – and uh, are always the life of the party and the conversation and everything. And so those are the Mary Jane type people. And I really enjoy being around those type of people. And, you know, there's always some chemistry there and you always feed off of each other. But then I always love just going home back to my own Gwen Stacy, you know, like back to Jackie, who is the sweet, nice girl who is always there, always reliable, very thoughtful. You know what I mean? Like, no matter... How no matter how good like there's this lady at there's this girl or woman or lady at church who 
Um, she's very outgoing. She's very she does acting and stuff like that. And she's kind of the Mary Jane personality. And we get along really well. And we were like um, Mary and Joseph in, in a play at church a couple years ago. And good chemistry on stage. And, you know, really, it, it was very easy to act with her. And she's awesome. But she's not my kind of girl. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because you're married. Well, yeah. But I'm saying that I may be skewed in picking this. Gotcha. Where did you go? A wind tunnel? Sorry, I'm here. I just sat up. <laughs> <laughs> you left. Who did you like better? Uh, I liked Liz Allen from Spectacular Spider-Man the Cartoon. <laughs> That's who I picked. Because <laughs> I, I didn't like Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane, but I thought Liz Allen was awesome in Spectacular Spider-Man. I can't remember her character. I only remember her from Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. Well, that's not a cartoon. It's a comic book, man. It's a comic book podcast. And yeah, we're but... talking about movies. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> no, I no, have I to don't... go back and watch. Well, I don't like either of them, so I would just rather him be single. The Liz Allen from the uh, 94 animated series, I think she showed up like once or twice. She was a waiter at the Coffee Bean or wherever. Yeah, she didn't really get much development. But in Spectacular Spider-Man, she was like, the main flame. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because he was tutoring her or something, right? Yeah, and then they they hooked up, and uh, but he's always longing for Gwen, but then Mary Jane was around, and it was good. It was a good show. I give you that. All right. Well, anyway, we touched on that. That was good. We, I enjoyed the movie, and man, I teared up more than once. I'll tell you that. You teared up for what? The movie. I, I. It's always good to see Spidey on the big silver screen. You know what I mean? Like, it just brings joy to my heart. What did you think of his costume? I thought it was okay. I mean, it was a little, it was a little Ben Riley-ish, but it was all right. Yeah, I didn't notice it as much from like in the promo pictures. It seemed very, very like yellow lenses. Very much not Spider-Man's costume, but being in the movie, I didn't really notice it much. I thought, overall, I thought in and of itself, it was a good film. It was a fun film, I guess. But, I mean, it's it's far from perfect as a Spider-Man film. Like, he shouldn't be showing who he is to anybody right away. But, again, that's that teen. He hasn't learned the dangers of doing that yet. Um, I think when they make the sequel, man... They really, they always kept talking about Norman Osborn, and uh, they really could set it up for Gwen dying in the in the second one. Mm-hmm. And if they if they killed her halfway through the movie instead of at the end, they really could show a character progression in Spider-Man. And then in the third movie, if they do a third one, he could be. It wouldn't be him all down in the dumps. It would be him getting stronger from those life experiences, knowing that, you know what. I have to guard my loved ones and I have to guard my secret because so many people get hurt. And because I don't think we've seen that in any movie. We haven't seen the current 616 Spider-Man in any movie at all because he hasn't gone through those experiences and those were the defining experiences in his life. I hope it's the clone saga for the third movie. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Awesome. No, but there's no there there haven't even been any rumors for the second one. 
I like who the villain will be. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. All right, you want to move on? We have so much to cover. Yeah, we do have quite a bit to cover, and we're already almost, well, we're about 50 minutes in, 40 minutes in. Okay, well, let's, uh, as we're on movies, let's uh, let's keep going on movies. All right. Okay. Um, they announced several movies and titles. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about some of these. Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, boy. Did you read that? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you, oh, my gosh. And you really liked it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was because I remember it was like Bucky, Bucky and Uncle Ben are the two that never come back. You know, they are always going to be dead. But Ed Brubaker brought back Bucky in a way that there is no other explanation that would have worked, you know. Now, Brubaker said he did not even know about it until the announcement. Oh, that it that it was going to be a Winter Soldier movie. Yes, that's what well, he said. Sweet. So, man, I am super excited. If they do it like the comic book, if they do it like the comic book, it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, don't mess it up. Just do do what was successful, you know? Right. Do, I w- yeah, do the same thing. I would love to see the exact same thing. And that's where the movies always mess up is when they're like, well, I know it worked in the comics, but let's make it better. Don't. Just do what was in the books. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with the transition of the medium, it's going to be hard to, you know, you can't fit the whole story in there. But, I'm man, I can't wait. I hope we get to see some Union Jack. That'd be cool. I think we're going to see Falcon. Yeah, I'm down with that. I like that. They're just, the way that Jeff Loeb was talking about setting up the new Avengers cartoon, how it's going to be the whole movie cast and Falcon tells me. Oh, so maybe Falcon's going to be an Avengers, so there's he's going to need an intro movie. And that makes sense for him to be an intro in Captain America. Yeah. Now, what do you think about that? Like, cause, just a quick side note. If they're remaking the animated series to be more like the movie universe, and now they're remaking the c- comics universe, the 616, to be more like the movie universe, are they are they making an entire continuity into one like are they trying to do one canon or are they just trying to say okay any fan can pick any medium and and still be a fan of it and transition very easily yeah i think it's option b that's what i really think they're trying to do i wish they would explore different parts of the marvel universe with different mediums you know well remember when they tried in the early 2000s with wolverine and the ultimate wolverine had the same costume and little goatee thing as the one in the 616 Wolverine as the Wolverine that was on X-Men Evolution. They were, it was the same Wolverine all around. And it didn't work because people just were like, oh, it's Wolverine with a goatee. is fine for Ultimate Universe, but we want our other Wolverine to have his mask and to, to be, you know, kill people and to, to be in his yellows and blues, you know? Right. No, I I agree. All right, well, um, Iron Man 3, we just saw some footage. I don't think they made any announcements on that, did they? <clears throat> no, we just saw the picture of Iron Patriot. Oh, and, and Ben Kingsley revealed that he was going to be Mandarin. Oh, that's right. What did he? Who, who is Ben Kingsley? I, I know the name, but... Uh, I know he's Ben Kingsley. And uh, 
Ben Kingsley just sounds like it's a respectable name. Fair enough. Okay, so we're on the I'm, same page on that. He's like one of those guys that you see his face and you're like, oh, that's Ben Kingsley. I'm going to look him up right now. In anything, you know? All right, hold on. I'm looking him up. Ben Kingsley. See, I would have looked him up, but I usually get yelled at if I'm typing on the computer. Yeah, you're so loud. But I can hear you typing. Oh, dude. All right. He played Gandhi. Is that true? Does that sound about right? Was he in The King and I? That was Yul Brenner, man. Yul Brenner, Ben Kingsley. He passed away. All right. Keep talking. I'm going to look up his IMDb. So in uh, for for uh, Iron Man three, we found out that Ben Kingsley is going to be Mandarin. We saw the Iron Patriot outfit, but it was revealed that Don Cheadle, who is uh, playing War Machine, is the person that's going to be donning that suit of armor. Oh, so I, I did not know that. <clears throat> yeah, you you need a drink? Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> I will take a drink. All right. So. Uh, <laughs> So I think that sounds pretty cool. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like Black Widow is going to be in Iron Man 3. Hmm. But it'll be cool if maybe there's a, a cameo or two, you know, Hawkeye shows up or, or something, just to keep with that continuity and that congruency of a shared universe. Now, um, did he... Did we see... Is it is it definite that it's extremist armor and that's why it's more golden and yellow? That's what it said. It was based on the extremist limited series. I don't think Extremist. Li- it wasn't a limited series. It was um, it was the first story arc of the reboot of Iron Man, right? Or the relaunch? Are you sure? Pretty sure, bro. All right, you look up Ben Kingsley, and I'll look up Iron Man Extremist limited series. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, that sounds good. Uh, ben Kingsley played in such movies such as War Inc. Your typing is uh, is annoying. Oh, sorry about that. You're killing yourself. 50 <laughs> Dead Men Walking, Journey to Mecca, 1001 Inventions, and the Library of Secrets, Shutter Island. I don't know any of these, man. Hugo, The Dictator. I've heard of those. I just never saw any of those. Ender's Game, apparently. Iron Man 3, The Mandarin, Filming. I mean, obviously we know that. I don't know. What do you think? Are you are you excited about uh, that? I'm excited about the Mandarin. Yeah, and actually, somebody somebody was saying that um, if you look in Iron Man one where he gets captured, you can see like a, a logo of the Ten Rings or something on some of the terrorist stuff in the background. Yeah. Did you tell me that? Uh, I don't think I told you that. Okay, well, I, I have to go back and, and look at it. So, Yeah, I think it would be good. I'm surprised that they're doing that because it's going to be such a stereotype. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think of it as a racial thing, even though it kind of is. The Mandarin? Yeah, I don't think it is. Okay, all right. Um, Thor 2, what is that called? The Darkest World? What is that? Yeah, they... Uh... They, they found a, a casting call. Like, they did an interview with somebody, and he said that the trolls are going to be in it. And uh, so the rumor is that it's going to be Malkith, that he's going to be the villain for Thor 2. Who? Uh, 
Malkith, he finds a some kind of box that releases like cold and freezes stuff, and it also makes him young. Okay. So that's kind of the rumor now that he's going to be the villain. A lot of people are looking forward to Enchantress and Executioner. Yeah, that should be good. Executioner, who's that character? He is Enchantress's buddy. The okay. big Scourge. Would you say Scourge? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not too uh, <laughs> up on my Thor stuff apparently. <laughs> All right, move, moving on. Did you are you are, are you really excited about that though? Yeah, Thor was my favorite. After Avengers, Thor was my favorite. So I'm I'm excited about Thor too, but but Thor isn't telling me that that Bucky as Winter Soldier is going to be in it. So I'm really jacked about that one. What about you? Well, I thought Thor was really good and it was probably my favorite um I don't know. I really like it. I, I liked some of the Iron Man stuff. But um, I liked it because of Natalie Portman. I thought she did a really well. And I like Chris Helmsworth, obviously. But I don't like the stuff on Asgard. I like the stuff on Earth. Mm-hmm. So it, we should see, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think Loki's uh, Tom Hiddleston signed on for another movie. So he may be in Thor again, too. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Initial reaction? <laughs> like, it's it's cool. It's Ant-Man. I'll go watch it. Yeah, I'll see it. People said there was some test footage that was going on that um, they, like, he's looking down an air vent or he's in an air vent and then he, like, runs and gets big and beats up these people and then gets small and beats up these, you know, like, as he's running, he changes his size and mass and stuff. So that sounded cool. Yeah, it does. I'm interested, like, what his costume will look like and who he'll be, you know, will he be Scott Lang or Hank Pym or who knows? I, I'm guessing he'll probably be Hank Pym. He, or, I mean, they wouldn't do O'Grady, right? There there you go. There, there could be another one, too. Um, I, I think what they're going to do is, didn't they do five movies and then the Avenger? They did Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Captain America, Hulk, and Thor, and then the Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then... Um, so it sounds like I bet they're going to do five more movies and then Avengers 2. Don't you think? So Ant-Man, the the other three, and then either Hulk or Guardians? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is the last one that they announced. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. That'd be phase two. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I think Ant-Man is probably going to join up in a, in the Avengers and then be in Avengers 2. I think Guardians of the Galaxy, which is such an odd choice for a movie, I think. I think... I, go go ahead. ahead. No, you go. I, I think what they're going to do is, because the Guardians of the Galaxy, the current iteration of them, is so intertwined with Thanos, that you're going to have a story that takes place during the stuff on during Avengers 1. And it's going to lead up to Avengers 2 because you're going to get a lot more Thanos. And then they're probably not going to be in Avengers 2, but it's kind of like going to be your background movie for who Thanos is. So you can go into Avengers 2 full tilt. Ooh, now that's a really interesting theory. I hadn't, hadn't heard that or thought of that. I'm thinking that's probably it because I think Gamora, who's going to be on the Avengers, is Thanos' daughter, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think so. 
All right, and so you're gonna get Star Lord is an awesome character. I think he's cool. If they can do his uni- if he, they can do his costume like they do in the comics, Rocket Raccoon should be interesting. A little f- fun there. Drax should be awesome, and Vin Diesel should play him. He'd basically be playing, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the guy from Pitch Black. Sure. Rick. So that'd be cool. No, but, I really like that. See, this is why we should be doing these movies. Oh yeah, man. I just think that's a really good idea that the Guardians of the Galaxy basically takes place, you know, during and and a little bit maybe after Avengers 1 and deals with, you know, introduces Thanos and all that good stuff. That's awesome. I, I, if they do it right, I think it could be really good, even though it's an odd choice for non-comic book fans. Like, you have to be pretty... You not only do you have to like comic books, but you have to be pretty steeped in Marvel lore to understand that who who these people are, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's kind of a, a very um is esoteric the right word? Not magical, but exclusive group, you know? I just wanted you to use homogeneous again. <laughs> or homogenous or whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Well, so, I just looked real quick on Wikipedia, uh, and it says that Gamora is the last of her species. But Thanos found her and used her and raised her. Oh, okay. Good to know. But my whole thing with Guardians of the Galaxy is I think what Marvel's doing is they're like, sweet, Avengers. Everybody loved Avengers. It was the third selling, biggest selling movie of all time. Why don't we just do Avengers but like Star Wars? Well, we've already got a Star Wars team, Guardians of the Galaxy. So we'll just do Avengers in space. Maybe, but I think this was planned out because I remember about six months ago there was um, there was talk of either an Inhumans movie or a Guardians movie. Oh yeah, I definitely still think it was planned out. I don't think they waited until the numbers came back for Avengers, but I think they knew Avengers. They had you know they had money coming. They saw it like Avengers is going to be freaking huge. The way that it's tracking, like we need to be you know figuring out what we're going to do with our movies and it, we can't really do, you know, another Avengers the next year. And, uh, there's no real reason to do Avengers in space when we already have an Avengers in space. Let's, let's take basically what star Wars did is all unknown characters, a whole unknown universe and look what star Wars became to be. And I think they can do the same thing with guardians of the galaxy in having very little ties back to the Marvel Universe, save for Thanos, you know, and have their own version of Star Wars. I'm surprised, I mean, I guess that makes sense what you're saying, but I'm surprised they wouldn't do that with, like, the Nova Corps or something. Well, but these guys are so, the Nova Corps, it's a bunch of guys dressed the same. Whereas this is, people have never seen a green lady dressed in an all-fishnet outfit fighting us alongside a talking raccoon. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, and it's just like we never saw anything like Chewbacca, you know, an eight-foot Bigfoot running around inside a gold robot and a trash can that goes beep, beep, beep. Never. And it, when you present something like that, people are like, never heard of it, never will work. And to me, it's kind of like this is our generation's, well, not our generation's, we're older, but, you know, you know, your girls' generation, Star Wars. I can see that. I, like I said, I think it could be good, and I'm sure Bendis is going to have a hand in it too because that's kind of his 
Um, well, Abnett and Lanning as well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they will, because they did such a good job up until the end. They kind of fizzled out, but early on with their stuff with Nova and Guardians of the Galaxy, it was pretty, I mean, it was good stuff. All right, any more on this movie stuff? No, I, I read an article yesterday. They just said that the way that they're cranking movies out and alongside with, you know, the, the X-Men and, and Spider-Man franchises being kicked up and, you know, making more movies, got Wolverine and then Daredevil and Fantastic Four are also getting remakes. They said, you know, they used to talk about too many superhero movies back when it was, you know, two or three a year. But looking at the schedule now, you know, is the bubble going to pop? Are there really going to be way too many well, somebody, superhero movies? Somebody told me that, you know, we don't get action movies anymore. We get superhero movies. So it's like a new genre. Hmm, that's a good thing. That's good. That's interesting. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you still get you still get thrillers with a lot of action, but you don't really see too many action movies anymore. Hmm. So I think um, I think that even with the docket, like Marvel Studios, they don't want to compete against their other properties, but they still want to be the big dog. So, um, you know, Avengers came out within what, like a month or a month and a half of Spider-Man or was it two months? Uh, it came out on May 4th. Oh, OK. So about two months. So, yeah, exactly too much because it came came out July third, right? Spider Man. Yeah, because then it it basically compete. It got its two hundred million, and then Batman came in. Right, right. See, this is one thing I do not understand why DC can't get with the program. How come Marvel can say we're gonna do six, we're gonna do five movies in the next two years, and do it and pull it off, and DC's like, ah, oh, maybe we'll do a Green Lantern and a Superman and <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know, like, and then like we'll have a failed Wonder Woman pilot. It's just, but you know, look at DC's animation. They destroy Marvel when it comes to animation. That's that, what they're really good at. It is, but there's the money's not there. Yeah, but I think I don't know. I think what DC thought was we'll get really good with the animation, and that will be easier for us to brand things because. Kids, I mean, how long has Batman been animated? Since you and I were like in in elementary school, Batman has had a cartoon. Earlier than that, it's it's been uh, since Scooby Doo, man. Well, yeah, he's had those, but I mean, there was a a long period of time when you know there wasn't a whole lot of superhero animation. Okay, so ninety three, I think, is when Batman animated series started. Yeah, because X Men came out in ninety two, then Batman, and then Spider Man, and he's always on TV and then they brought in the justice league. And so there's people, I mean, kids know who the teen Titans are for goodness sakes, you know, like yeah, that's true. World knows who those people are, but kids do. However, kids have no idea who the gardens of the galaxy are. They, they barely even knew captain America. And I, I mean, lots of people didn't know captain America, Iron Man and Thor, but everybody always knows Hulk, Spider-Man and Wolverine. Huh? So I don't, I think maybe, maybe that was the angle they were going for is, Brand recognition, brand recognition. Now let's go for movies. Uh, crap, we can't really make good movies outside of Batman. <laughs> or Marvel is like, let's just throw some cartoons up against the wall and see what sticks, and we'll make some awesome movies. Right. Well, maybe they should start releasing their movies, their animation in the theater. Hmm. 
I would go see that. I would too. I mean, depending to be- on the character, if they have Kevin Conway doing the voice of Batman, I'll be there. Yeah, it would have to be. Oh, you say DC? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't go see DC cartoons. It, and in the theater at all, you wouldn't. No. Mm-mm. Even if it was the Batman. Yeah, I like Batman, but not enough to pay ten bucks to go see a cartoon of him. Did you I watch Marvel? Did you watch Under the Red Hood? That cartoon. Mm-hmm. I like that. That was good. I would see that in the theater. Yeah, it was kind of like a Captain America Winter Soldier thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I was just saying, like, if they could make, if they could make that live, I would, I would definitely love to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. AVX. Um, we're up to AVX number eight. We're not gonna do the summary now. But we did get some news on AVX follow-up titles. We have AVX Consequences, um, which I think, is that a two-issue limited series or is that a one-shot? Where are you on the... Oh, I'm on number three, the third third thing. Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I jumped down to the bottom. Uh, AVX Consequences, is that, do you know if that's going to be a, a two-issue, or is that a one-shot? I don't know. I don't remember. There's I'm su- a lot of stuff. I'm surprised they're not doing a limited series, but I guess that's, you know how they always do the, when 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 they moved to uh, San Francisco, they did a limited series of Divided We Stand, or whatever like that? Yeah. So, anyway. Um, we have A plus X, which is supposed to be the opposite of AVX, which is going to be written by Loeb, I believe. Yay! So you know it's going to be quality there. Mm. And then we have Avengers Babies vs. X-Men Babies by Scotty Young, which it's good enough just for the art, but it's... uh... Do you like Scotty Young's art? Uh, Not particularly, but I love the X-Babies. Oh, okay. All right. See, I do not (laughs) like the X-Babies or the Avenger Babies, but... (laughs) <laughs> I do enjoy the art, so I'll probably pick that up anyway. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that more than the out of all three of those. That's what I'm looking forward to most. Are you really? Wow. Yeah, I've got Jeff Loeb on A plus X, so it's probably going to be like the funeral for the Red Hulk or something. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> it probably is. You're right. And then AVX consequences. You know, it's going to be the character <laughs> that dies and comes back in five issues. He better he or she better not come back. Who do you think it is? I hope it's Scott. But, yeah, it's going to be hard to redeem yourself after all this if you don't die. Oh, man, it's going to be tough. Scott is... Uh, have you read up all the way AVX at number eight? Mm-hmm. Yep. Scott is awful. Have you been reading Uncanny? Oh, yeah. Yep. Man! <laughs> what happened to his character, you know? My goodness. Well, he's basically Magneto now. Yeah. And see, this is so weird. Like, I know they plan these things out, but this is this is what we I thought we were going to see in Fear Itself. I thought we were going to see, like, glimpses of the future or something. Fear Itself was just a bunch of hammers flying around the world. But all the posters, <laughs> yeah. all the banner images was, like, Scott dressed as Magneto, right? Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. So if it's not him, who do you think it'll be? If it's not... Well, it can't be Scarlet Witch. Um, It can't be Hope, because she hasn't done anything yet. (laughs) Ever in her existence. 
And she's been around for what, three, four years? Now she found the five lights. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Six, but one of them committed suicide. She's got a big gun. Oh, it's, that's ridiculous. I mean, but she's not in any of the new. Um, there's a there's a theory going around that she's going to be the new um, oh Iron Fist, and Iron Fist is going to die. Oh, I did not hear this theory. Yeah, so that's it. That would be strange to kill the Iron Fist because he's like a C level character. Mm-hmm. But um, they may do that. That might that might be it. That could work. And I've heard a lot about Luke Cage too. Oh, they wouldn't kill Luke Cage. They wouldn't, kill the, they wouldn't kill the black guy, right? <laughs> they can't do that. <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. I really like I, I like Luke Cage and I like Danny Rand, but, you know, I like Luke Cage better than Danny Rand, I guess. I think um, it be Cyclops. I hope it's Cyclops. And, and well, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but... um. The you know with all the X Men coming back with the original X Men coming back yeah okay let's talk about that now I guess because this ties in a little bit um you we have a new title the all new X Men which are the five original members of the X Men team getting propelled through the future to current and I think they are six one six to the current six one six yeah so. We're getting, you know, the 1960s Jean Grey back and everybody else. So what's going to happen to Scott, Angel, Bobby, and uh, and Beast? You know? Because yeah. all four of them are still there. Yeah, it, that's why it's so weird. Right, exactly. So that means that, I mean, it could be Beast that dies. It could be... Uh, I think Angel, his his mind is wiped, so he's basically a new character anyway, and he's going to yeah. go off and become a villain, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Well, but what do you think about that? Okay, well, I, because I think I'm a, I'm a hardcore, like, um, continuity guy, and because my brain's not big enough to hold all the details... It might be interesting to have like a clean slate and say, "All right, now the X Men are teenagers again. We're gonna start over." But they, I would think that they would have to do that to the whole universe, and so they would have to do like a new Fifty Two type of thing. But if you only do it halfway with five characters, five main characters, how can you say, "Oh, these guys are kids again, and the rest of the world's old," like Spider Man, Iron Man? Captain America, you well, know, no, and, and then that's not what's happening. What? That's not what's happening. They're time traveling from the past. Right. They're, they're going to be younger, right? Yeah. But our, but the, the, the regular versions are still going to be here. So they're just going to have duplicates rocking around. I mean, according to all the, the information that Bendis has given out and Axel has given out in the interviews, is that the five are going to basically do a Days of Future Past, you know, where they show up in the future and they see what the world has become and they decide that they need to do what they can to make sure this doesn't happen. But they're stuck here and they cannot get back. And this isn't a six-issue story arc where the six of the five of them are just stuck here. They're going to be a part of 
the the present. I think that this was on. You remember in Avengers four or five on the on the timeline? I think this is on the timeline, don't you think? Yeah, isn't it like the new X Men or something? Something like that, and then it's all leading to the Ultron War, right? Yeah. Or the Age of Ultron. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy, and we saw in the Avengers. Uh, early on, didn't we see the next Avengers or Avengers Next, the, the the animated characters? Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, what happens? What if all this is leading up to the end of the timeline, which is the the Age of Ultron, and then they do do an entire reboot because we got Young X Men again, and then we got the Avengers Next. And the timeline actually ends as was foretold in that Avengers issue. Oh, that'd be an epic fail. I don't, I don't want that. Oh my gosh. But wouldn't it be, uh, even if it was a failure and nobody liked it, wouldn't it be amazing that they planned it out that far? Mm, I get what, well, but they always say that. They always say that they planned everything out this way. And you it's know, it's written down on the, it, it's it's in the issue, man. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, to me, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome that, you know, Bendis, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I know it's not the best idea. I mean, it, it, but they have to, they're getting to a point where they're going to have to explain some sort of time dilation thing where characters aren't getting old or they're not going to get any older or you know what's going on with that because the marvel universe goes every every four earth years our years is like one year for the marvel universe so but eventually we're going to pass that and we're going to break that and it's soon going to be every five years for us and they're going to have to explain how time passes in the marvel universe slower than in real life and they tie it with all these events like you know obama's president and and that kind of stuff like they tie it with current events okay you don't think they're gonna address that or you think that this like i'm I'm afraid they're going to i'm afraid we're gonna get a marvel's version of 52 and i want that i you know i i don't want all the stories that I've grown up with for, you know, the past 20 years. My gosh, that's a long time. Yeah, 20 years. You know, to just be like, yeah, they happened, but there was a, you know, a cosmic event, and so they don't count. They happen, but they don't count. Like, no. No, not, not at all. Well, what's a, t- what's a TV series that you were really into and you watched every, everything in that series? Hell's Kitchen. Come on, man. Give me something I can work with, like a story, not not a reality TV show. Uh, Roseanne. Okay, you're insane. Did you watch Lost? Did you watch Mm X-Files? No, I'm giving you sitcoms. I don't want sitcoms. Something like where that has a major storyline. Oh, (laughs) Desperate Housewives. Okay, all right. Desperate Housewives. That does have a major storyline. Is that still coming on? No. Okay. All right, now it's over, but just because it's over doesn't mean those stories didn't happen. It just means that it ended, right? Yeah. So 
just because if the, if they came up with something else, like look, Dallas, right? Didn't they put Dallas back on the air? Yes, and all that continuity still counts. It still happens. They're still working with those same characters with that past. They're not doing Dallas Two when it's a new Jr. and a new Who Shot Bobby, Who Shot Jr. or whatever. <laughs> you know? Yes. And it's not like yeah, Desperate Housewives is over. It's done. The series is done. But like this year, they're not going to start Desperate Housewives Two, where it's all the same characters doing different things in a different timeline. So what but if those things still counted? You know? What if Marvel shut down? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what if uh, Avengers Next are different characters? Marvel stopped everything and did different characters. Say, all right, this is a new new timeline. This is it. They would. Walt Disney would never approve of that. <laughs> that's when they would come in and say, "Are you kidding?" Those are our cash cow characters. We don't want to hear about these new baby Avengers. It should be interesting. Uh, if something like that happened where my characters were all gone, I would be too. So you only stay as long as the characters are going to stay? Yeah, I could. I would not be into a Marvel Universe without Captain America and Storm and Hulk and Wolverine and Cyclops and, and Daredevil. Like it, it just would not be the Marvel Universe. Okay, well then, beyond that, though, if that did happen, what would you do? Would you quit comics altogether, or would you start reading a, a different story, like a different universe? No, Marvel's it. It's Marvel or bust. <laughs> now, why is that? These are, these are like, this is what I grew up with. Like, these are my family, you know? Like, I can go back to different parts in my life. And know, you know, where the X-Men were, what they were doing, what, oh, I remember when this happened in my life, this is what was going on in the X-Men titles. Like, it's such an ingrained part of who Jared is. Now I'm talking in third person, like Doom, you know, but it just, it's, it's just such a, it's a part of me. Like, comic books are, and, you know, this, these particular titles are just so significant. Just like, you know, Tina's music is, you know, when somebody tells me a date of something, or, you know, you know, what were you doing in, you know, seventh grade? I always go back to, oh, I remember seventh grade. That's when the Wildest Dreams album came out. That was September 3rd. And then I got tickets. I was in the 16th row and I saw her in Cincinnati. Like, and I remember this, she did this song at this time and this happened. Like, those kinds of things are so ingrained that to just dismiss it all and say we're starting over again, I couldn't do it, you know? Why Why are they so ingrained, do you think? Like, why did they stick with you? Why are they such a huge part of your makeup? Um, Not the Tina stuff, the, the yeah. Marvel. Well, I, I just, it was just something I was able to get into, I guess. I don't know. Like, there was, a, you know, at different parts of your life that weren't always the best, you could go somewhere else. You know, they were really good escape, like... Sweet, you know, I don't really care for this part of my life, but I can go and see what Storm and Rogue and Gambit are up to, you know? Yeah, I do. I think maybe that's what it is. I don't know. What about you? Well, would it ever get to a point where the stories were bad enough? Not not a reboot, but the stories were bad enough that you would say, ah, I'm done reading, and I'm just going to preserve the memory of what I had before. I don't know, because I think we do that a lot here on the podcast. <laughs> We're like, these stories suck. Let's read the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and I have been on and on about, you know, how AVX was a letdown and how we don't like this writer or that writer. But 
you know, you continue to read almost every Marvel title, but like three or four, you know, that's a lot. That's an investment. It's just, I think we're just sold out to these characters. Yeah. What do you think? No, I agree. I just like, I mean, it, it touches me deep when you say those type of things like, you know, I remember what was going on and, and that's because I do that too. Like, um, I think I read too many titles now. Like, <laughs> seriously though, I think I, I read t- titles to keep up with, um, the podcast. And actually I don't know if I quit the podcast, I don't know if I could quit reading the titles to be honest with you. But, um, like I remember picking up my four comic books, my four Spider-Man titles and I was like, oh man, I, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea how he's going to defeat Morlin. And, you know, it's terrible what happened to Fusion's son. I can understand why he took, you know, he took it out on Peter. And, um, you know, the Tangled Web one where it's like, man, Kingpin, he's got a weird, twisted sense of honor, but he's, it's somewhere in there. And, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. No, I remember. I remember when uh, kind of the adolescent stage where you're like, I want to go hang out with my friends, but I don't like, you know, they're not really into what I'm into. And yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's that feeling of nostalgia that really is good. I think you kind of, every issue I read, I'm like, Oh, I hope I feel the exact same way in this issue as I felt before. That's kind of how it is for me. And there's so few and far between that, um, it's discouraging, but when you hit one that's so good, the feeling is so good of, wow, I can identify with this character, I understand the story, or I would do the exact same thing, or um, that that it keeps you going, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. So, it's very interesting. And um, kind of a side note, I was, uh, you know, I wrote some some heartfelt for this zombie anthology thing, um, the two stories I did, um, I, you know, I kind of put my heart and soul into it. And, uh, I was like, you know, I'm putting myself in the story. I'm identifying with these characters. Well, I got some of the art back and the art, you know, is okay. It's not top notch by any stretch of the imagination. And then, um, David over hideous energy is lettering, uh, at least one of my stories and the lettering made it look a lot better. But when I read through it, um, what I got out of it was not what I put into it. Mm. And so it makes me wonder if these writers are putting their heart and soul into it and, and saying, okay, well, I feel this and I want that character to identify this way or act this way. And then when, when fans read it and they're kind of like, what trash is this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so uh, I kind of wonder if people if the writers do put that much thought into it, like I kind of get the feeling that Brubaker does. I get the feeling that fraction does, even though I don't get what fraction is trying to tell me at all ever. Um, Bendis definitely does. I think, you know? Yeah. When you read an interview from a creator and they say, you know, I went back and I reread this and I really wish this wouldn't have happened or I reading it back again, you know, I don't feel like it came across this way or, or that. Or when a creator says, you know, I had this plan for a, a character and, um, you know, and 
for whatever circumstances, I'm not on the book anymore. And now the character is going this way. It's just not what I had planned. And you can feel that in there. You know, you can sense that they really do care about it, like as, as part of their lives, as as opposed to not just part of, you know, their paycheck at the end of the week. Um, you know, I think that's maybe part of why, you know, I get Chris Claremont so much and you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I just I've read so many interviews with him. I've met him and I just I can feel like these these characters were his babies and he really was trying to tell stories of what was going on in his life and and how he wanted these characters to to have emotions and and he put his heart and soul into it and yeah i can see i can see a little bit of that from peter david with his um with his current run on x factor i can you can those are kind of analogous um if i went back and reread claremont's stuff from the time he started on the book to the time he got off I think that I would have a better appreciation. I would understand a little bit more where you're coming from. Cause yeah, I, I have to send you the omnibus. Oh yeah, man. Like I, how, how, how much stuff is in there? It's from uncanny nine giant size and 94 up to the dark Phoenix saga. So, um, like one thirty one, like in the one thirty. So it's almost 40 to 50 issues. How it, many did he write? Oh, he wrote from '94, from Uncanny '94 all the way to Uncanny 280. Yeah, he wrote about he, 200 he, issues. Yeah, he defined who these characters are today. Without him, you know, they'd be nothing. Wow, man. Yeah, that would be quite an undertaking. And he's, wow, man, when I read him, it reads so slow. <laughs> I am such a slow reader, and he he writes so much. Yeah, he's very big on the exposition and, and thought bubbles, and I, I think he really tries to get to the core emotion. And, and, you know, once that kind of stuff got taken out of comic books, you know, that's when a lot of characters start being, you know, these two-dimensional characters. You know, they're... And they say it all the time. Yeah, this character is two-dimensional. He has no personality. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I get. I think that reading him would probably give me a better understanding of story structure, at the very least. Probably, yeah, make, probably are, make you a better writer. Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the king. I, I think you know he has lost a little bit of his edge because I don't know if maybe he's trying to go back and relive the glory days, but. A lot of comics today, you know, they're they're just stuck for, you know, a six-issue story arc, um, you know, start here and make sure you end up here. Whereas back in the 70s, you know, he'd be closing up plot lines that he started 15, 20 years before. Right. And it was cool because then when that came to fruition, you're like, I've been waiting on this for a while. <laughs> As opposed to, oh, I'll know the answer in six issues. You know? Right, right. A lot of things are just expected today. Hmm. All right, well, we got to get moving. Um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of, I don't where did we even come to that? I, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but, okay, um, we kind of touched on how does this all fit into the Age of Ultron. Um, let's talk about Marvel Now really quick. Um, Marvel Now point one, it's got Nick, <laughs> Nick Fury Jr. Um, <laughs> he's throwing uh, dossiers around, and he's got Kid Loki, Wiccan from the Young Avengers, Ant-Man, Cable, Nova, Star-Lord, and then one other, is it Miss America? 
I'm not sure who the girl is. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, it's kind of a Marvel now is kind of, they say it's like a soft relaunch, but it may just be the era that they're calling this. Just like dark rain was the era mm-hmm. and, uh, infiltration, secret invasion, infiltration was an era. W- what do you think? Yeah, I think it's more so an era, but an era that's changing a lot more than, you know, like a heroic age or, or secret invasion stuff, you know? Right. Uh, right. Because it, it just sounds like, it sounds to me like what's going to happen is a, a definitive winner is going to come out of AVX and that the Avengers are going to realize they haven't always been there for the X-Men like they should. Um, they're going to combine to show the solidarity and everybody gets new costumes. <laughs> and it sounds too like the uh, you know the whole humans versus mutants relations is going to be wiped away. Wiped away how? That humans are no longer going to fear mutants. Oh, that'd be cool. Well, it kind of takes away the whole purpose of the X Men. Like that's what their that's like their foundation. Right. So they would have to find a new purpose and figure out. Yeah, well, I'd be interested in that. I don't know if it'd be cool. I'd be interested in where they take that. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for a more congruent universe where, you know, when Spider-Man is flipping by or whatever, you know, Hulk is over there and then Wolverine's on top of a building. Like, that stuff is cool. But to just have the X-Men and the Avengers be like the X-Avengers, like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, mm, I, I would agree. There's more political stuff that's going on. They, they have a different... They take care of different sectors, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the men are fighting against a world that hates and fears them. But when you're the Avengers and everybody loves you, well, there's no... You're just Avengers now, you know? Right. Well, maybe that's why Bendis put that to the, the public. Like, uh, you know, the public was turning against the Avengers. Kind of putting on equal footing and switch things around. It could be. What do you What do you think about everything? I don't know. I mean, historically, a point one issue in the past couple of years has been um, a jumping. It hasn't really been an annual, even though we kind of said this, uh, said it here. I think I said it. Um, it's more, okay, here's a story that's going to set the stage for the next year and a half. You know, um, We're still waiting for Avengers 12.1 to come around, which was the Age of Ultron. Um and it was the free comic book of of this year. So, and we're we just had Avengers twenty eight come out yesterday. So we've been waiting more than a year for what was set up in twelve point one. Whereas that would start normally, that would start the next year's um, titles. You know, next year's story arcs. Yeah. So this point one, I think, is is setting the stage not only for what's going to happen in the Marvel universe, but actually I think it ties into the movies a lot and kind of saying, okay, well here are the characters to watch. We're going to reintroduce these characters into the, into the comic book world. And by the time the movies come out, they'll be a prime focus, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're definitely right. So, uh, you know, I'll give it a shot. Obviously. Um, I'm not a fan of Nick Fury Jr. just because I think it's a cop-out trying to relate the two. Um, I think that they kind of misstepped and they said, all right, well, the movies are kind of going to be like the ultimate universe. And then they were like, you know what? Let's make the movies the main universe. And so they 
you know, they had to change things up a little bit. And it kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they just canceled the Ultimate Universe because it doesn't serve a purpose anymore. It's not that bridging factor anymore. And half the main characters are dead. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that's who people want to see stories about. So, yeah, I give Ultimate maybe a couple more years. I just don't know what else they could do. I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man seems to be doing well, even with the new iteration. But um, the I, I don't know how the Ultimates or X-Men are doing at all. I haven't been keeping up with that. No, it's just like a group run by Shadow Kitty Pride. Oh, really? Have Wolver- you been reading it? No, um, but I read the interviews uh, with Brian Wood. He's the guy that writes X-Men, and he also writes Ultimate X-Men, so... When I read about that stuff, I usually get a little bit of information about it. Oh, yeah. I thought Nick Spencer was writing, but Brian Wood took over for him, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's doing amazing. You you like what Brian Wood's doing? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, that's just because Storm is in there. But it's it's the Storm that I haven't seen since, like, 1996. Oh, the, the really strong female lead that's, like, going to go up against Scott? Yeah, like, she'll go up against Scott, and she'll... She'll argue with Colossus, and it just shows her humanity. You know, it doesn't show her as the the uppity, uh, you know, I am the queen, I'm better than everybody else, because that's not who she is, but she's also not the sideline character. This is the former leader of the, the group, and she's she's being put in a corner where she has to make some tough decisions about whether she's going to let somebody else tell her what to do. Or if she's going to say, hey, you know what, you trusted me to take care of this team, I'm going to do it. And if that includes conflict with not only my leader, but also my teammates, I'm going to I'm gonna handle it. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> You're right. I didn't read it that way. I didn't read it as a character piece. I was reading it more for uh, the plot, and I, th- I thought the plot was not going anywhere. Well, the, the whole, you know... Um, a new species of mutant, you know, that's been done a billion times. Um, but just to see the character action between, you know, Psylocke's got this secret with X-Force, but no one else on the team knows it. Colossus is playing Cyclops's lapdog, going against who he's always called his big sister, Storm. Storm is back in charge, but she's the, the, old, the old Storm, keeping secrets but getting the job done when she needs to do it, you know kicking butt and taking names and then you've got i mean i don't really care for pixie and then domino hasn't done much but there's got to be a reason for her to be there so i right now it's my favorite title so huh and we what were three issues into that uh three or four yeah but i mean i've, I've always liked i've liked it since it restarted because it was bringing the marvel universe into the x-men world yeah but it had all that vampire stuff outside of the well but, you know, outside of that first arc with all that Gishler stuff with the vampires, you know, then we got some stuff with, you know, taking out some Sentinel factories with War Machine. Um, we had bounty hunters coming for Jubilee. And those bounty hunters were, it was weird people like, you know, Scorpion and and um, Razor Fist. You know, like who, you know, they're very vast corners of the Marvel Universe. And I, I just, I liked that. <laughs> Yeah, I always like talking to you because you give me a different perspective on things. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it has been a, a unique book. It's been more of a tying together book. I didn't think about it like that. Well, I like talking to you too because you usually see, make me see a different perspective on stuff too. 
Oh, gee, shucks. <laughs> that choleric personality. It's just kind of like, I'm right. I had this first thought. It's got to be right. And you come in and you're like, well, you know what? I see it this way. I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Um, let's do real quick. Let's do number seven on the list. Spider-Man gets a sidekick alpha who is Andy McGuire. The background behind this is basically Spider-Man does an experiment and it goes haywire and uh, Andy McGuire gets powered up and basically uh, Spider-Man feels it's his responsibility because it was, uh, even though it's 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 Alpha's power, it's his responsibility. Um, I thought this was going to be Uatu because I thought they were setting him up. Um, the little kid who... Um, you know, what title it, is this taking place in? I'm sorry. I think it's amazing. I'm reading Amazing, and I haven't seen anybody named Alpha. I just no. read the latest Amazing today, and it was all about the lizard. Uh, yeah, no, it hasn't been. It hasn't been in there yet. I think it's going to happen in in number oh, seven hundred. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, like, I read it today. <laughs> it, I think it's going to happen in seven hundred or a little bit earlier. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he's going to get a sidekick. It's supposed to, like, it's supposed to stick around for a while. Uh, I think we're leaving the big time era um, for Spider-Man. I don't know. It's it's so strange. Like, now he's so grown up now. Even though they, they put back his youth in Brand New Day, now supposedly he's grown up enough to have to be responsible and take care of a, a, a sidekick. It seems like they're... They're flip-flopping here. Yeah, why does Spider-Man need a sidekick? I think... Go ahead. No, I mean, I think that's the point. He doesn't need a sidekick, and so he has to now deal with one because he feels it's his responsibility. I mean, is it just me, or does this guy have so much responsibility that he lugs on himself because of who he is and the past mistakes and everything? Do we have to add more? I mean, can't we just remember what we did do? You would think. I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't like this idea. Um I I view it as as encroaching on the space um that's provided for me to read about my favorite character. Like now he has to oh, share time with someone. So I'm I guess I'm jealous. <laughs> that, well, yeah. I have they showed his costume? Um uh, not that I've seen. No. But, I mean, it has been a while since we've had a new spider person, so maybe that's why. You know, the more people you can put a spider thing on. Spider-Woman, Spider-Girl, Arachne, Madam Web, Ultimate Spider-Man, Clones, <laughs> Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. Well, I mean, maybe. Um, but I hope they give them a new book. I hope they do a, a team-up book. Like, they kind of do that with Batman right now. Or no, would they do it with Captain America? Captain America and Iron Man, and then they have just a Captain America title. Yeah. You know, just do that. Maybe he'll end up in Avengers Academy, which I don't think is going to be around anymore. But, uh, you know, maybe he can team up with X-23 and all those weirdos over there. Why don't you think he's going to be around anymore? Um, I thought that it wasn't in the latest solicitations. Really? Because I think I would have seen that in the news because... Okay. Whoa, breathe. <laughs> we no, but I just mean okay. Well, let's jump to it real quick. Uh, title cancellations. 
this is huge. Marvel's making room for their Marvel Now lineup, and um, they're canceling nine titles at least. Yeah. So uh, let's go through these really quick. Captain America is going to end at number 19, and that's when Brubaker is going to leave the book. Uh, Fantastic Four is going to end at 611, and FF is going to end at 23, and Hickman is leaving both those titles. I mean, obviously, because they're being canceled. Incredible <laughs> Hulk, Jason Aaron is going to leave at number 15. Fraction, and uh, who's the who's the guy who does the art there? Salvador? On what? On Iron Man. Oh, Salvador La Roca? Yeah. They're going to be done at um, Invincible Iron Man, number 527. New Mutants, number 50. Abnett and Lanning are going to be gone. Um, Thor, number 22. Uncanny, X-Men, number 20. X-Men Legacy, number 275. Um, And then there's rumblings about Deadpool, perhaps. Daniel Way's Deadpool being uh, coming to a close. That's just a rumor. And then... um, Kieran Gillen is definitely learning, leaving Journey into Mystery, but we don't know if that's going to continue or not. So, I mean, yeah, they're getting canceled. This this was kind of a weird story because they're getting canceled, but a lot of these are getting renumbered. Yeah. Um, Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man are all getting new number ones, but they're all getting new um, creative teams, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, what we haven't seen yet is a creative team or a number one announced for Fantastic Four or Hulk. So, and actually Uncanny is being replaced by all new X-Men. Yeah. Can That blows my mind. All new X-Men <laughs> is being written by Bendis and being drawn by Eminem. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, at least we'll have some good art. That's good. Oh, no way. I don't like his art. You don't like it? You don't like his stuff? No. Oh. It's not my cup of tea. I, I thought that you did for some reason. Yeah. I don't really like tea either. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. Um, do you think that this would be easier or harder to swallow if Uncanny didn't renumber two years ago? Or one year ago? Oh, yeah, that would have been much harder. Okay. Like, really, we're canceling issues 7,324. <laughs> for this new marvel now crap yeah but i mean big deal the tile's at 20 (laughs) are there any uh any surprises there for you in those cancellations well you know fantastic four that's a fantastic four and iron man you know they're both those are some they've been there for a while you know yeah so that's that's i just i'm old school i like the old the numberings i don't think that you need to have a new number one every two to three years to bring in new people so they have a good place to start, you know? I don't know that, but... I mean, X-Men Legacy, yeah, that title has been, like, on its last legs for the past five, six, seven, eight, nine years. (laughs) You know, it's just crawling along. Yeah, it's... It was good. Um, Mike Carey was doing good with it for a while. It was good before it turned into Legacy. It was. It was. And I think with Legacy, they're like, okay, this is going to be all about Professor X stories. And then they're like, well, we kind of got those taken care of. Let's have it be all about rogue stories. And it just kind of fizzled. Like, I'm really not interested in rogue stories. And looks like based on sales, most people aren't either. 
isn't it interesting how this turned into X adjectiveless X-Men turned into X-Men Legacy and then they reboot or they they got a new title of adjectiveless X-Men and now that's going to continue but but X-Men Legacy is going to die? Well, we don't know. We just know that these are canceled. Because they what they said they're going to do is they're going to make sure there's a new title that comes out every week so it's not all at one time. So these are just the titles that have been canceled so far. We could we could look at the solicits for that the the next time that solicits come out, and there could be more cancellations. Um, that's true. Yeah, but it's it's so weird to me that we went through like such a, a slim period of um, cancelopolis and <laughs> What are you talking about? You know, when they started canceling all those limited series and double shipping all the... Are you doing, like, cancellations and apocalypse? Yes. Oh. The cancelpocalypse. 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 So, that's what it was called in the media. Um, you know, they, you know, that's when they canceled X-23. That's when they canceled um, Generation Hope and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and they started canceling limited series that didn't make sense. But then all of a sudden they come out with Pun- Space Punisher. <laughs> and um, which is, I mean, I read it. The art is pretty unique and it's so weird. But, I mean, it's okay, whatever. <laughs> but, like, I guess now they're not hurting for money since Avengers came out. And so they're going to start, I don't know, like, it, it's weird. This is a different kind of cancellation. This is a cancellation to make room for for new stuff whereas the other thing was a cancellation to preserve money so they can put out the the comics that sell the best you know mm-hmm. all right so what do you think about we got a few new titles all all new x-men we talked about new captain america number one thor number one iron man number one extreme x-men and uncanny avengers well extreme x-men came out this week and it was basically Exiles, but with Dazzler and without all the Exiles that you liked. <laughs> Did you, you read it? Um, I looked through it. I, I thought maybe if I saw some people outside of Dazzler that I'd be interested in reading it. But, I mean, I got it. I might read it, but, uh, <laughs> where you know, just give me back Exiles. <laughs> yeah, except Claremont was on that title. Before he got on it, it was good. Who who wrote it? Afraid. Who wrote it before? Was it Gail Simone? Judd Winnick started it. Oh, that's right. That's right. And Judd Winnick could write, you know, the phone book, and it would be good. You know. <laughs> When's the last time he wrote for Marvel? Was it that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. He went to DC. But yeah. He's just an excellent, excellent writer. I don't think I've ever read anything that he's written, knowingly. I don't think I have. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I may have, but it was before I was paying attention to who was writing stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have the whole all the Exiles in trade paperback, but the first three or four with Judd Winnick were just priceless. They're I, so good. I had them, but I sent them to somebody. You're always doing that. I think I sent them to Jason. Did you, you send, send me stuff? Did you send Aaron? No, I don't send you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Did you send Aaron his his uh, Defender? No, what was it? Uh, uh, New Warriors trade? I got it out, and I've got it in the mailer. <laughs> <laughs> because when I was going to the post office, I couldn't find his address. 
<laughs> you asked him like three times. I know. Well, that's why I texted you. And I was like, what's that? And you said, I'll get back to you, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to the post office now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did... No, you were like working or something. Working my J-O-B. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he sent it to me and I've got it. And I need to make a post office run next week. No, I contacted him later that day and he was like aha jared already asked me (laughs) 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 okay uh a couple things just to hit on here um jeff parker's hulk title becomes red she hulk do we care no nope (laughs) okay um deadpool video game trailer what do you think i won't be playing that (laughs) okay all right i mean it looks cool no, I mean I don't play video games really. I play Mario, so Exactly. I'm a Mario guy. Give me some side scrolling. <laughs> um it looks good. It's not the internal monologues I would have done and I don't know. It doesn't tra- it looks in the comic, it's funny to watch Deadpool. It's just it's good humor entertainment. But when you put it in the video game, it becomes like ultra violent. And I'm like, it's unsettling to be like, ah, I laugh at this when I read it. (laughs) I watched that and I was like, holy cow, man. Yeah. Um, I bet a lot of people will be happy about that, though. Um, Marvel Heroes crossover with Phineas and Ferb called Mission Marvel. Did you look at this? Yeah. Are, Are you a fan of Phineas and Ferb? No, but I think it's great promotion. Yeah, it is good promotion. I am a fan of Phineas and Ferb. I do like that show a lot. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I thought they were going to show up in a comic book. I was not cool with that. But since they're going to, you know, the Marvel characters are going to show up in a cartoon series, then I'm fine with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. More more promotion, the better. Yeah, I think so too. Get them on Door of the Explorer. You know. <laughs> have them kill boots <laughs> get your llama okay <laughs> um dude did you watch tom jane's punisher short film dirty oh, laundry gosh yes how amazing was that <laughs> i want that punisher movie i do too this is like after his punisher movie when he finally gets over like in his Punisher movie, it's so good because he's constantly trying to figure out, is this vengeance or is this punishment? And by the end, as soon as he doesn't kill himself, he's like, it's punishment. It wasn't vengeance. I still have a, a reason to be here. And this takes place after that. And I was like, now I want to see this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know how that all came about, you know? Oh, it was him and Ron Perlman that just, I think, put it together. Yeah, well, I mean, like, were they just sitting around and like, let's put together a short Punisher flick? Like, you know, what kind of cost is with that? Like, just give me some background on that, and why are you teasing me? <laughs> do you think, I mean, do you think it was like a, kind of like a a tryout for Marvel? To kind of say, don't give up on me? It could be. To kind of say, look at the numbers we're getting, look at the positive response we're getting, this is what they want? Yeah, it could be. Like, let me produce it. That would be amazing, because that last one, did you see Warzone? Mm-mm, no. Don't waste your time. <laughs> okay. It was the worst movie I have ever seen. It's bad. But if we could get Tom Jane as the Punisher again, oh, that was so good. I mean, it was so good on such a short budget, too. I mean, it was pretty violent and everything, but it was, 
I mean, it was a, it was obviously a small budget, but they did well. Good acting, you know. Yeah, Thomas Jane is awesome. Um, that leads us to Punisher Warzone five parter that uh, Rucka is going to write. Um, I don't know if you've been reading his Punisher title right now. It's going to end at issue thirteen, I think. It's actually pretty good. It's really good. It's not as good as Jason Aaron's, but it's uh, it's not as explicit as Jason Aaron's. So there you okay. go. Um, if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read. I mean, just thirteen issues. You should you should be able to fly through it. So. Well, where do, when do you think this takes place? Um, this probably takes place after AVX. I'm thinking. Well, I mean. Are you are you and I talking about the same thing with all the promos with bullets aimed at all the superheroes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what do you think about that? I I don't feel like I know anything about it. <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to be in continuity and I think it it may not be a huge piece. It might be like one of those um what was what was Loeb's thing? X sanctions. Oh, with cable. Yeah, but I mean, it'd be similar to that, like how that led into AVX, but it really didn't have much to do with it at all. Oh. So this would probably come out of AVX, but really not have too much to do with it at all. Okay. Is that in an an interview, or you're guessing that? No, I'm guessing that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Item 47. What is item 47? That is a mini 12-minute movie about someone that finds one of the Chitari blasters on the streets of New York and what happens afterwards. Now, did you see this movie? No. It's okay, not out. It hasn't been released yet, right? No. Okay. All right. I saw a trailer. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I wasn't sure what it is at all. It's So people get their hands on one of these. Is it going to be in the Blu-ray set? I believe so. And okay. guess who doesn't have a Blu-ray? <laughs> it'll be on youtube <laughs> i'm sure it will um from did you see that you saw the trailer yeah okay and what do you think of it i'm excited it's okay. like avengers part two what about you yeah i wasn't sure what it was um the trailer didn't even the one i saw didn't even show that it was about a chitari gun or anything like that yeah, I mean, I just I thought Avengers was so well done. I will take all the deleted scenes, extended versions. Give me what you can, you know. Yeah. I just want more, <clears throat> more street scenes of that guy in the skinny jeans and that cap running around. <laughs> That's what I want. I can't wait for that. Yeah, why didn't he find the gun? More outtakes of him throwing Uno cards at the assistant director. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I kept running because that's what I would really do. <laughs> the lady with the broken leg. <laughs> Keep shooting. It's not worth it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> okay, Minimum Carnage. Are you excited about this? Yeah, kind of eh. You excited? No, because it doesn't look like it's going to be written by Zeb Wells. And it's with Scarlet Spider and Venom. Like new Venom. Right. I know. And I thought it was going to be out of Carnage USA. I thought it was going to be another sequel to that. Yeah. So, well, didn't Zeb Wells write that? That wasn't Scotty Young, right? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I think it was. 
I like those. I like Clayton Crane, but this mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's going to be any of that. So nope. I like Carnage as a villain, but I, it may be interesting. I'm not going to discount it because if anybody's prepared to deal with them, it's not the Avengers. I mean, they can do it, but that's not who should. It should be Scarlet Spider and Venom and, and Spider-Man. So, you know, at least we get two out of three. Yeah. I like Maximum Carnage, so I liked all those street-level characters, and I just thought that was a great series. Yeah, I I agree. I think it came out when I was in fourth grade, fifth grade. I just remember playing the video game. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. (laughs) Um, Captain Marvel. Did you read the new Captain Marvel? With Carol Danvers? Yeah. No. Uh, First issue was pretty good. Um, Art was good. It feels like a totally different character. It's not your Ms. Marvel. Um, her issue with Avenging Spider-Man, uh, Avenging Spider-Man number nine was really good. It was fun read, but I just miss the Carol that was in Brian Reed's Ms. Marvel. I have a crush on her, I think. <laughs> you think she'll be back? I do. I do think she'll be back. I don't think they're planning on it right now, but I think that eventually... Um, Pseudoconic hasn't written an ongoing yet. This is her first ongoing. So I don't imagine it can really last all that long. And I'm surprised they're giving her an ongoing with a change. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So probably what's going to happen is sales fall because, you know, she might be great right away. But, you know, for a a writer who doesn't have a whole lot of experience, she's going to run out of stories or run out of interesting takes and maybe not build her stories on her previous work. And um, they're probably going to cancel the title before they put another writer on it. So I bet it makes it to 13 or less. And then um, something will happen either off panel or in a different book where she gets turned back into Miss Marvel. I mean, because they could bring back Captain Marvel and then they got to do something with her, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, he's been back two or three times. Oh, you're really a scroll. Oh, you're still dead. Oh, you know. So, what do you think? Well, I think, okay, for some characters, you, I think so much of the, the character is their iconic costume because they can identify with them, you know? Yes. And I think her costume is, it's simple. And mo- most superhero costumes should be simple they don't need tons of pouches and zippers and vinyl and all that weird stuff uh like the new captain america costume coming out but i think that's what's kind of a detractor you know some characters you can you can change their costume but they're so recognizable you still know who they are with her it's like it's a brand new character having a brand new title i i miss her long hair i didn't think it was going to be a big deal but Mm -hmm. i do but how is she – I mean, if she's not even acting like the Ms. Marvel and now she looks totally nothing like Ms. Marvel, it's a, it's a new title, a new she, character. She, she kind of acts like her. I mean, she, she kind of does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. You should read at least the first one. Don't read past that. I mean, the second one hasn't come out yet, but um, you should read the first one just to get a feel for it and know what's going on. I don't know, Andy. You should. Uh, you know how I am with my costumes. <laughs> I know. You'll be disappointed, but at least you'll see. 
no, you you'll be disappointed with what they did with the character, but at least you'll see where she's coming from as far as who she is and and what she's about. Okay. You know, you'll be a little bit reassured that she's she is the same character deep down. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I loved it when she was in charge of the Mighty Avengers. I thought that was really good. Because she was in her black leotard and her red sash. Hey, man. You can't. I mean, if I could get Jackie a Halloween costume <laughs> that wasn't Tigra. Oh, well, that's just a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> With a tail. <laughs> um oh what else do we have oh the eisners came out and basically the only thing that i saw that marvel got was daredevil did fantastic best single issue number seven best continuing series mark wade uh best writer and then francesco francavilla best cover artist um i don't know man i'm not really enjoying this series <laughs> What did he cover art? Oh, um, Daredevil. Oh, are those those all for Daredevil? Well, I mean, best writer Mark Wade. He, he, it's uh, you know, it's for um, irredeemable, incorruptible, okay, irresistible. And he also did a uh, intro for our podcast a couple issues back. He did. Yes. What a swell guy. He is swell. <laughs> I mean, you know, not because it got a bee sting or anything. Oh, that was bad. Anyway, this anyway, anyway, um, Allred, Mike Allred is going to be doing issue seventeen, which I'm kind of looking forward to. That he's got a very distinct take on characters. Mm-hmm. Anything? Got nothing? I got. I don't read Daredevil. Okay. Yeah. No. I... No. It's not, it's nothing spectacular. I don't know what I'm missing. <laughs> like I don't get it. I read it and I'm like, eh. He's he's just kind of boring. It's somewhat clever because it's going off of all his senses and everything, but it's like it seems like it's the same thing over and over and over again. Of so, what? Of him saving somebody and he's incapacitated with one of his senses. Oh, you know what? Issue seven. Let me see. Hold on just a second. Let me look that up because that issue might've actually been really good. Okay. If it's the one I'm thinking of where he has to save the kids from the snow, then yeah, that issue was actually really, really good. So anyway, okay. I'll give him that. Yeah, it is. Issue. I missed a, a blind guy saving people from the snow. I could have paid three ninety nine for that. Dude, actually, you should go back and read that issue. That is a good issue, and it's got a fantastic cover too. Okay. It's Daredevil doing a snow angel, <laughs> and it's a it's a, with a bunch of blind kids. He has to lead them through the snow, and I think he's hurt, and okay. I think they save him eventually. I'm telling you, write it down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it. Did you have anything else? You know, Andy, we don't have any Tina Awards this this uh, podcast, do we? No, we don't. It'd be way too hard to guess those things. Well, why don't you just uh, 
don't you just play a little clip of one of your favorite Tina songs? I, you know what? I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Um, I'm going to have to go with... I think you know what? Let's play out to the entire song. Let's do let's do one of mine and then let's do one of yours. The whole song? Yeah, man. Why not? People will turn off the podcast. They don't want to listen to seven minutes of a song. Are you serious? It's Tina, man. They can. Though I mean, if they they can fast forward, it's a podcast, you know. Okay. All right. So my song. Let's go with "We Don't Need Another Hero." I knew it.
You know, Jared, I have, since we started this podcast, I think I had heard two Tina songs in my life, and now I have heard, I don't know how many she's done, but I, I've heard at least 30. And, uh, oh, actually, I'm looking at my list here, 50. I've oh. heard at least 50, and there's a lot of them that I really, really like. So I have good taste. (laughs) I have to thank you for, uh, for, you know, letting me into your little inner circle there that half the world is already in. (laughs) Well, welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. And what is your pick this evening? When the heartache is over. All right. Well, we're going to play out to this song when the heartache is over. Um, Again, you can visit us at uh, at marvel616politics.com. You can email us at, mar- at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Vis- visit us on Twitter at 616politics. Look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. Or give us a call with a question or a comment at 616-755-TINA. And lastly, don't forget... Uh, make sure you put your order in to dcbservice.com. That's Discount Comic Book Service. Get all your pre-orders, two months, uh, two month pre-orders in at 35, 40, 50% off some titles. And if you use our uh, code for your first order, it is Marvel P O L eight. You will get an additional eight percent off. So forty. That's like 48 percent. So uh, be sure to do that. We thank them and we thank you. And with that, when the heartache is over. with my
hollow. Andy. Hello? Can you hear me now? I can now. Ah, uh, good. Whew, thank you. <sighs> I was making whale sounds. I was like... Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just trying to get your attention. Oh, no, I was saying, hello, who is this? Who who be calling me? I know, you were all saying ethnic slurs and stuff. Yeah, I'm glad you weren't recording yet. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so, Did you see anyway. Batman? What? I, why am I even asking this? Of course you haven't seen Batman. No, Saturday. Did you see it? Yeah, I know you're kind of behind on movies. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans yet? Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I saw those. Okay, okay. Jerk. <laughs> Did you end up seeing Spider-Man yet? Yeah, we saw it last Saturday. And? Wait, what we got to save it for the show? Oh, is that that's on the schedule? I let's let's put it on there. Okay, well, how about Batman then? Because I don't want to talk about Batman on this on the show. I haven't, oh, seen, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. No, I'm seeing it on Saturday. Uh, have you seen X-Men: First Class? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs>